Fascism should more appropriately be called corporatism because it is a merger of state and corporate power. Quote from Little Known Dictator in a Distant Galaxy. There are many major players in the galaxy far, far away. The Jedi, the Sith, the Republic, the Huts, and so forth. One often overlooked dynamic in galactic geopolitics is the role of corporations. Though not a mainstay in the saga of Palpatine and his imperial rule, big business was an important piece of the puzzle that led to his ascendancy as Chancellor of the Republic when he used the Trade Federation as a pawn to thrust the government into a manufactured crisis and seize the reins of power. Throughout various epochs, profit-seeking corporations have been influential in shaping policy, culture, and technology, often leaving a sea of destruction in their wake. Galactic history has not looked kindly upon these giant system-spanning conglomerates that have a proclivity to rape planets of their resources, strip races of their wealth, and create genocidal weapons of war. While the crimes of industry are on full display, it would behoove us not to forget that everything has a dark and light side, so to speak, and it would be fallacious to completely dismiss many of the accomplishments that have been achieved by sentient species who relentlessly pursue scientific and technological progress. Let's take the Rakata Infinite Empire as an example. They developed a large-scale hyperdrive system to be able to expand their territory, conquer planets, and enslave populations and steal resources. This technology, however, was the basis of all later hyperdrive science, which led to widespread prosperity and flourishing of sentient life. With the establishment of intergalactic trade routes, the combining of the capital and science of countless species, it is indeed difficult to measure how vastly improved the well-being of the average person must have been due to hyperspace travel. But, as with anything, there is always a terrible price that must be paid for progress, particularly when this so-called progress falls into the wrong hands. Corellian Engineering Corporation, for example, created the most widely used spaceship frame in the Republic. 
It was known for building the strongest and longest lasting frame designed by some of the best engineers in the galaxy. These frames were used in popular freighters like the Corellian Corvette and the much prized smuggling ship, the Millennium Falcon. They were also the primary frame used for the pride and joy of the Empire, the Star Destroyer, a ship that exuded superior military prowess to any rival and helped Palpatine tighten his grip on any dissenting planet during his rule. Indeed, the paradox of the corporation is that it has been responsible for unfathomable destruction and unimaginable prosperity. The Corporate Sector The largest corporate territory in the galaxy is the corporate sector, which includes over 30,000 habitable star systems, and is owned and governed by the Corporate Sector Authority. 2TDS The three-part historical account, entitled The Han Solo Adventures, details the famous pilot's exploits prior to the Battle of Yavin and the destruction of the Death Star. In this record, we find Han and Chewie gallivanting throughout the then-imperial-controlled corporate sector and his various run-ins with the corporate sector authority. This being our first look into the region gives us a gloomy picture of this quasi-capitalist, authoritarian, corporate-controlled fringe of the galaxy. The corporate sector, commonly referred to as Corpsec, is located on the outer rim at the end of the Hydean Way. Originally founded in 490 BBY for large corporations to escape the heavy hand of Republic lawmakers, it had no sentient life forms, which made it easy to colonize, and was rich in natural resources, making it an attractive business venture. The history of the region, to what we now understand today as the corporate sector, is far more complex than what can be discussed here, dating back as far as 20,000 BBY during the Republic's Great Manifest period, in which they employed several corporations to help reach the outer rim of the galaxy, later called the Outer Expansion Zone. Indeed, the modern-day corporate sector is something of a holdover from a colonialist expansionist era of a bygone age. Corpsec is no democracy and is ruled by an oligarchy of privately owned companies, which came together to form the Corporate Sector Authority, the CSA, to police the region and maintain law and order. Do not be mistaken, however, though. The CSA may govern certain domestic affairs in the region. It generally served to be nothing more than a proxy state of whatever hegemonic galactic power was at the top of the proverbial food chain, be it Palpatine's empire, the Republic, or the Confederation. There were, of course, exceptions to this rule at different points in its history where it broke off from being the vassal of one empire to being one of another. It is also important to note that Corpsec was primarily in the business of making profit and shied away from overextending themselves in money, draining wars, or colonization. They needed access to the largest markets possible in order to sell the fruits of their labor, which may explain why they would be so amiable to whatever the most powerful empire might be 
while also maintaining a policy of neutrality in most galactic conflicts. Within the region, however, the ethics were murky at best, with their loose use of the word employees to describe what could more accurately be called indentured servants. At different times in its history, Corpsec was expanded and contracted. At its peak during the Palpatine regime, it grew to nearly 30,000 star systems while enjoying very little oversight from the Galactic Empire, despite the iron-fisted rule other jurisdictions suffered at the time. The Emperor found it prudent to give the region a certain amount of autonomy, so long as they were highly productive and paid the necessary taxes. It was a mutually beneficial arrangement for both parties. Zerka Arms A long and sordid history, Zerka has gone through many iterations through the years. Originally founded as Zerka Mining and Industrial sometime prior to the Jedi Civil War in 4000 BBY, it eventually changed its name to Zerka Corporation and became a major galactic player. Though it started as a humble mining operation, they eventually expanded into all sorts of industries like weapons, starships, agriculture, and even the slave trade for a brief period. Though Zerka may not be the powerhouse it once was in its glory days, its survival through the millennia is a testament to its resilience. More recently named Zerka Arms, their official motto is Anytime, Anywhere, We Are There. A saying which is as literal as it is figurative. Initially rising to galactic prominence during the Jedi Civil War, they sold arms and supplies to the Sith, as well as established infrastructure and mining colonies on numerous planets which the Sith conquered granting the corporation exclusive trade rights to the regions. This made the company to be viewed with suspicion by many of the inhabitants of these conquered worlds. Though they were not the Sith themselves, they were seen as collaborators and nothing but a capitalist extension of the now extant empire. What also did not help their cause was how they rapidly drained planets of their resources not to mention a botched attempt at enslaving the Wookiees of Kashyyyk. If their public relations image wasn't suffering enough, they were also known to have regular dealings with organized crime, like that of the Exchange and the Huts. After the defeat of the Sith and the Jedi Civil War, the company sought to try to rehabilitate its image by changing its name from the Zerka Corporation to Zerka Arms and going through a rebranding of sorts. Though they did backslide a millennia later when they signed an exclusive trade deal with Palpatine's empire, Zerka has, however, developed an impressive array of weapons like that of the Zerka miniature flame projector used by the infamous bounty hunter Boba Fett 
and the HK-51 series of assassin droids. The Trade Federation. Our friends from the Trade Federation have pledged their support. And when their battle droids are combined with yours, we shall have an army greater than any in the galaxy. The Jedi will be overwhelmed. A long-established conglomerate of intergalactic trade and shipping. The Trade Federation began as a medium of regulating trade disputes between smaller entities and curbing monopolistic behavior by older shipping firms. Under their guidance, they had evolved to absorb the industry and become a super corporation of their own accord, and they were able to manufacture and sustain its own fleet. They had grown to monopolize and control most of the major trade routes in the galaxy. In order to protect their investments, the Trade Federation built up its own private military, consisting of mostly battle droids, but included everything from tanks to fleet craft, and was able to conduct military-scale operations, founded initially to fight off private piracy. In its early years, it was lauded for its competence, investment, and generous aid, as well as the efficiency of its private military to regulate the lawless regions of space. However, power corrupts, and the Trade Federation became a monopoly of its own, and began engaging in all the practices it had been founded to dismantle. Towards the end of the Republic, Darth Sidious was able to manipulate the powerful organization to sow discord across the Republic, and use them as tools to achieve his political ascent through the Naboo Crisis, a process started by his own master, Darth Plagueis, who led a powerful investing firm, Damask Holdings. During the Stark Hyperspace War, the Trade Federation had conspired with the pirate rogue and Bacta-producing corporation Zukfra to artificially short-supply life-saving Bacta and to ultimately cripple the Republic's military, one of the many ruses engineered by Darth Sidious. The Trade Federation ultimately sided with the Confederacy of Independent Systems during the Clone Wars, along with numerous other manufacturing, banking, and commercial enterprises for fear that the Republic was going to nationalize them. The Trade Federation supplied the core of the droid army of the CIS due to their extensive manufacturing assets and fleet. Known for the use of B-1 series battle droids that had limited combat effectiveness, but were able to be produced in truly staggering quantities in relatively short amounts of time. The Trade Federation supplied many other combat droids of various makes and models as well as even some organic military units, most notably those soldiered by Nemodians themselves. Ultimately, the Empire did what they feared and subsumed or nationalized many private corporations and centralized economic planning. During the Five Veils campaign, the Empire launched a conquest against the holdouts of the Federation that refused to give up their assets to the government under legislation and so were taken by force. Some of the survivors of the campaign would go on to join the Alliance to restore the Republic. 
The Trade Federation had numerous leaders through the hundreds of years of its existence. Its internal governance was managed by a directorate and headed by a viceroy. It had initially been formed by a diverse group of species from across the galaxy, before the Nemodian faction grew in power and took over the entire business, when all internal rivals had been mysteriously assassinated. message from our corporate sponsors. During these unprecedented times, Zookfra Corporation is proud to announce our brand new back to vaccine. In just two cycles, you too can flatten the curve of any pandemic. We have distributed our patented, expensive, and possibly tested formula to all major star systems to be distributed. Our highly paid scientists have been working closely with your local Imperial Authority to make sure you can and will have access to our mandated product. This is not medical information. Zookfra is not responsible for any side effects that may or will occur. Consult your local medical authority before trying any leading competitors. Please vaccinate responsibly. Observe all Imperial medical mandates. Get your shot today! Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lores podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon. So if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server, head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Jordan. This is Christian. And we are here at a corporate sector spaceport awaiting for the CSA to approve our docking papers. Uh, how are you doing, Christian? I'm all right. It's been a busy time for us here on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So today we're talking about uh, 
galactic corporatism and corporations in general in the Star Wars universe. Uh, obviously, they kind of play like a pretty big role in the story of Star Wars, um, though they aren't necessarily a major, a mainstay in the f- original trilogy. Uh, they definitely become more prominent in the prequel trilogy for sure. Uh, but I also just wanted to, unfortunately in the scripted portion of this, like there's so many corporations in star Wars and so many giant business ventures that kind of just only highlighted a few of the major ones. But, uh, I just wanted to bring in some notable mentions first big one. And they had, they were highly involved in uh, the events of the prequel trilogy was the intergalactic banking clan. Uh, they were the primary financier of the separatists during the clone wars. Uh, among their notable members was Higo Damask and his father was also a member too, yeah. I believe. And for those who aren't really well read on star Wars lore, Hugo Damask was Darth Plagueis. Yes. So, <laughs> Darth Plagueis the Wise. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to our next uh, important uh, corporate uh, actor, and that's Damask Holdings, which was uh, Hugo Damask's uh, personal... Um, I don't know what what is it like? It's like an investment firm. Yeah, it's like an angel investment firm almost. (laughs) Something like that. Um. But they were basically like a clandestine group of wealthy businessmen and politicians uh, run by Darth Plagueis with strong ties to the intergalactic banking clan. Uh, And they also conspired to bring down the Republic. So they're kind of a a shadowy organization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And had and yeah, had some uh, like less than ethical um, banks yeah. <laughs> They're business, just banks. Pra- I think business it's practices let's call it <laughs> yeah uh, another uh, notable mention is Zizor transport systems uh, this was the cl- conglomerate that was owned by Prince Zizor and it was basically just a front to cover for the Black Sun crime syndicate yeah. um, another honorable mention is Blast Tech Industries and even if you don't know the name of this, you know their products. <laughs> <laughs> so they designed the infamous uh, E-11 blaster rifle, which was a standard issue for stormtroopers. So the rifle that is very inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the stormtroopers are highly trained, highly lethal yeah. force. <laughs> it's basically the... It's their crappy equipment. It's Blastex blaster. Um most blaster pistols used in episodes four through six are also blast tech industry. So like Han Solo's pistol is, is blast tech. Um, they're, they're sort of like the, um, I don't know, like Smith and Wesson or yeah, something like of Eckler and Koch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know me to love them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they're very recognizable. You know, you know, these things when you see them, right? Um, next notable mention um is uh golan arms um and they also designed a lot of recognizable weapons but more on a larger scale like on ships and stuff like that but um one that you would know pretty well was the uh 
um, anti-infantry battery, which I believe was called the D9 on in the Battle of Hoth that uh, the, rebels. Reb, the rebels used against, uh, you know, AT-ATs yeah. or AT-ATs, as some might call them. <laughs> some uneducated people <laughs> might call them. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, and then, and then one more I wanted to mention just cause I thought it was kind of hilarious, uh, is, uh, Binks and Sons Whaling Company. <laughs> <laughs> this was a whaling company owned and operated by the Gungan clan of Binks. Its final owner was George R. Binks, <laughs> uh, the father of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> um, and he was the final owner after the uh, company came to an unceremonious end, uh, not completely unrelated to Jar Jar Binks's <laughs> incompetence and, and clumsiness. Well, hey, he made it in life. He became a senator later. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like in some ways, the the failure of the company probably. Uh, sort of removed the shackles from his hand. He <laughs> was no longer him. obligated to like uh, continue in his father's business. Politicians know? are just failed businessmen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, and I guess there's actually like a graphic novel about it. It's not very long, but <laughs> it, it's sort of like almost a joke yeah. because they make George R. Banks like very serious and well and like the complete opposite the of Jar Jar. Yeah. Kind of redeeming the Gungan race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, I just thought that was, but this, I mean, Binks and Sons really is, is a very small company compared yeah, to. Yeah, it's like a local Naboo, yeah. like mom, pa, whaling shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that whaling is particularly a small business, but. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, but anyways, that is like a few other <laughs> notable mentions that I didn't want to forget. Um, but there's actually like hundreds, hundreds yes. of, of different uh, even fairly large um, uh, corporations in the galaxy that play significant roles in different stories. Yeah, I that's one of the things I love about Star Wars is you can find any product, a starship, a gun, yeah. a, an item, and it's produced by a company with a name and like you tag. Like they're they're a step shy of almost having their own stock market where <laughs> yeah. you just like invest in in the yeah. companies. Yeah, totally. It's uh. Yeah, it, it, and I'm sorry if I missed I'm your sure favorite that, company. Yeah, who, like if there's other corporations, definitely let us know. Like, yeah, on social media, tell us what your favorite Star Wars corporation is and and what they build or what they what do they produce. Yeah, yeah, or what their gravest sins were. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be a, a general theme in Star Wars. Is uh, shady corporate practices yes um <laughs> most corporations obviously as i said at the top of the the show like most corporations aren't viewed in a very positive light um in any of the historical accounts that we have <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that brings me um kind of to this question is does star wars in general have um a narrative bias against business and capitalism and corporations. I would, I would argue, yeah, you can definitely see that Lucas did have an agenda <laughs> when writing a lot of Star Wars. Some of it not totally unfounded. I mean, you know, depending on the era that Lucas is talking about, like when he was writing the prequels or writing the original trilogy. Yeah. But uh, like there are times to definitely point out uh, corporate malfeasance or its connection to government and things like that yeah. um, and corruption in general, um, which seems to be a big thing that he calls out about the older public and 
part of how it came apart. But at the same time, like, yeah, there, there's no denying that George, George Lucas was very left-leaning in his personal politics. Um, and he saw things a certain way and wrote, wrote that way into the story of Star Wars, which may not necessarily be a balanced view, let's say, yeah. ironically enough. <laughs> it certainly has its biases. Uh, but I would say, like, in the original trilogy, there isn't really much for any type of corporatism that is all it's actually not that in your face like i don't know like can you remember no i i can't think of anything off the top of my head you're right it it, it comes in more so it's the prequel prequel trilogy really that where all the political intrigue and the real politic and stuff yeah that involved that you get all of a sudden there's this player called the trade federation and and the techno union and yeah. uh, you know all the and the who was doing the um making the clones uh, the Kaminoans? yeah wasn't it like a a company though uh some i think there's some blurring of the lines of like the whole the whole planet is i think okay. its own company so like yeah. you know they they are a product they are manufacturing and yeah, selling a product but they're not the, like a, a company themselves but yeah that's sort of the gist I got with the clones, though, is yeah. that they're almost like a product. Exactly, you know? yeah. And it seemed like Lucas was kind of making this point that, yeah. like, the, you know, the the worker is just, like, cog in a machine, you know? Yeah. And, and and lives are, like, cheap and, yeah. like, you know, sold. Soldiers are, you know, their yeah. lives are expended in corporate interests. And, again, you got to keep in mind the political milieu that he was writing in. It was, like, Afghanistan and Iraq early on, right? So. Yeah you had a lot of like questions about corporate involvement in those wars. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. uh, But I would say like even not just in the George Lucas stories, but in other stories, uh, especially like about the corporate sector. Yeah. That was like really on the nose. I haven't actually read the, the adventures of Han Solo where they appear, but I've just the synopsis that I've read about it is um, it's very like, anti-corporatism anti-capitalism and that seems to be like a strong theme in those books i i find that it changes based on who's writing um, yeah well yeah. exactly and that's the thing and and you can see it the most with the empire so yeah there's this always this like anti-corporate bent yeah. um, and some of it again is not totally unjustified you know um but in terms of the empire you can really see the dissonance in some of the writings where the empire is sometimes portrayed as like nationalizing all industries. And then other times it just seems like it's just making backdoor deals with companies to like, yeah, you have more of like a fascistic, like uh, corporate entanglement with government. Yeah. So, well, and now I wanted to bring up a point as well as it's particularly during Palpatine's rule. Um, I think like when people think corporatism, they think like American corporatism, you know, and obviously like a lot of the writers are American and, and so they're, they're sort of writing their, their worldviews into the stories. However, you have to think, don't think American corporatism, think more like Chinese corporatism, particularly under Palpatine. Right. Like to me, that's, that seems more of an accurate picture where it's not that these corporations it's not are like Soviet Union. Yeah, or Soviet Union. It's not that these corporations are like behind the scenes sort of pulling the strings of the state. It's that like these corporations are an extension of, of the, the state, state, you yeah. know, and they've been either nationalized or they're com- 
you know, more or less nationalized. And I think just how iron fisted Palpatine's rule was, it would be hard to imagine him being controlled or yeah, manipulated. He's the one by, that uses yeah. banks to control you, not the other. Yeah, that, well, that's exactly my point is it, it's it's not this like American type corporatism where all the politicians are basically just like in the back pockets of these of yeah. these big uh multinational en- entities it's more like chinese corporatism where it's yeah th- these the corporations enti- serve the government yeah exactly they're, they're that's what they serve that's the purpose they serve so that's the only point i kind of wanted to make about especially in during palpatine's era i think other eras definitely it it looks the other way around like pre palpatine it, it is more of american style corporatism but anyways um <clears throat> Uh, I was also on the thing of Hong Kong or on China again. Um, I I was kind of thinking, <laughs> not in it. It's funny that you're mistake. <laughs> I mean, I don't totally mean China. China. <laughs> I meant China. <laughs> I didn't mean Hong Kong. <laughs> um, the uh, um, yeah, sorry. You mean East Taiwan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh. So I was thinking of this, and I don't think any writer actually like makes this connection. But I thought like the corporate sector actually resembles uh, special economic zones that like that of what we see in Hong Kong or in Telangana in India. Uh, and there's a lot of other countries that have these things called special economic zones, where in these regions they aren't subject to the same rules and regulations that the rest of the country is. And a lot of that is in order to, because if they were subject to certain regulations, they would be highly unproductive and it would be too expensive to do business. So they, they liberalize the economy in a very small area so that it can be highly productive. And, um, a lot of, uh, highly controlled economies like China have to do this because otherwise they couldn't afford the incredibly expensive government that they have. Um, so I just thought corporate, the corporate sector is almost like it becomes like the special economic zone in the galaxy where, uh, the, the, especially Palpatine sort of turns a blind eye to what's going on there. And is just like, as long as you're paying taxes, then yeah. I don't really care. And you're not directly undermining the regime. Yeah, exactly. Which, and some corporations do, like heads of corporations do um, try to cross Palpatine too, right? They're like, okay, you're going to give us a little bit of liberalism. So they quickly like team up with the Rebel Alliance and supply them with weapons or ships and stuff like that. And then Palpatine, if and when he finds out, will retaliate against yeah. the company and maybe seize all their assets or destroy the company physically or right. whatever else he deems both... Uh, responsible and <laughs> just <laughs> yes <laughs> upon those traders yeah and it is sort of um um interesting too because like corp uh the corporate sector through a lot of different conflicts has maintained neutrality and they would sell i did read that they would sell to both sides of com- certain conflicts um uh but they still tend to sort of side with whoever <laughs> The hegemonic power is at, it's just good business yeah exactly <laughs> you know they'll, or they'll try to not upset them too much you yeah. know what i mean they're more amoral they're yeah in it for survival and for profit but. yeah i would say that's very much how they are yeah. is like they are very amoral uh, 
kind of on that note, it's not in our discussion notes here, but it just kind of sprung to mind. Time for our Disney or regular <laughs> Disney comparison. Not that we're talking about the mega corporation that is Disney. <laughs> um, but no, in The Last Jedi, they kind of touch on that a little bit. Right. Yeah. And they have, the, you know, the casino world where, you know, you have wealthy people making trades and doing business on both sides of the war, yeah. which I think could have been a very interesting avenue to explore. But they gave it like two lines and then they were done with yeah. it. And uh, that would have made it a very interesting story. And I would love to hear a story like that about like an arms dealer, a trader dealing both the rebels and to the, into the empire. And, you know. Yeah. And that is in a lot of stories. It seems like a lot of corporations are always <laughs> sided with the bad guy, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and again, this is more that like sort of anti-capitalist bias that you get in a lot of Star Wars stories. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just telling you what it is. <laughs> so for any of you who are, you know, you have a certain point of view about things. <laughs> it's from a certain point of view. <laughs> yeah, ben Kenobi would certain, say. <laughs> if you come from a certain point of view, <clears throat> either economically on the left or the right, like narratively, this is sort of the bent that Star Wars has is that corporations are bad. And I would just say like, I don't know if that's always the most objective way to view a corporation. You know, there there could be instances in which, you know, the state, like the Galactic Empire, <laughs> which commits genocide. They would never do anything wrong. They're the government. <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, how could they possibly, you know, be any worse than the corporate sector, Zerka yeah. Arms or something, right? So, um or possibly, yeah, possibly be better, I suppose. But, uh, um, and that, that also brings up another, another question is like, like the corporate sector basically use, uses slaves. Uh, but are they just like other corporations? Are they worse than the galactic empire? Like on a moral level? Um, even though they aren't what we would call ethical, <laughs> Like, I don't know. It, I think there is some, a little bit of moral ambiguity there. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would agree. I mean, and that's shades of reality, right? Like yeah. if you dig into it, you know, it's trying to measure up like sins of the past in history, right? Like, well, you did this, well, they did that. And like, you know, maybe they all suck to some yeah. degree. And maybe they'll have benefits to some degree. And it's not this black and white. They're inherently evil. They're inherently good yeah. kind of dynamic. Yeah, and even just like, again, I, I would assume that in the Star Wars universe, <clears throat> it is corporations that make like all the agricultural heavy equipment that, that people use to create their food, right? And to, to monitor, yeah. to, to... Would the galaxy be as to prosperous? Farm, yeah, to farm Bacta and yeah. to create medical supplies and, and trading... Advanced and, science and exploration and medicine. And yeah, exactly. Like technology and... Yeah, I know that that's like never, um, maybe it is, but it doesn't seem like an explicit thing about what corporations do or have done in the past. But I think it's worth like thinking about that. How, how would like the implications of what they do actually affect the real world and not just like the negative externalities, but also the positive externalities, you know? Yeah. So I just a uh, kind of food for thought about that. Um, the other question I had, do you think Star Wars, uh, supports a techno skeptic view 
of the universe. So like oftentimes technology is viewed as sort of a bad thing or a negative thing, like technological progress. All it leads us to is like death stars and weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to say. I don't know if I've read into any particular story that might have that kind of strong theme as an element. Um, Because you have elements like, you know, droids are sometimes considered like second class and people with bionics are kind of like looked down on or looked as like less than X species, right? You're less than human if you have bionics and things. There's that kind of like, but if that's portrayed as like something we should be, like we should be machine skeptical or is it just like, no, they're bad for thinking this way. And I, I really, I don't know what the answer is personally. Yeah. I, I've kind of always, again, it's not explicit, but I've always felt like the impression that there's almost this negative view of, of technology and like the real good way to go is to be like an Ewok, you know, and, <laughs> and, you, and they're the really only truly happy species. If you, I think, yeah, if you really read between the lines, <laughs> that's, that's where my, my mind went specifically to the Ewoks. I'm like primitive, uh. Right, handcaps, but they're, like, but they're also but they're also like completely innocent. They're the Ewoks have done no wrong, right? And yeah, they're so they haven't been to eat so- people, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you believe the propaganda, <laughs> but they haven't been sullied by like modern technology, yeah, modern, and modern techno- ideas, yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of a, like a feeling I get with with some of that and and i i mean obviously there's like c3po and r2d2 which is more of like a positive view of has a more positive view of uh technology but then you got like assassin droids and the the droids in the from the trade federation and stuff like that yeah again i i really don't know if there's a hard stance you know it could be this one book over here has a very hard stance or it's the theme of this other story arc because star wars is so big yeah i personally think it's like maybe loosely there like you said with the ewok representation and and like wookies are always kind of portrayed as like noble and like kind of semi-primitive but then again they always write in like no they're actually way more advanced than you realize and blah 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 so i i really don't know personally yeah fair enough i i thought i it was just a thought that it's an interesting question and it could be a cool like area of exploration yeah. for for some kind of star wars writer to, to dig into and be you know but I, I think i also think i feel i like view say the empire or even the trade federation as like very technologically advanced and everything is like metal and um sterile yeah exactly machine. yeah and then you have like the gungans you know yes. episode one like Again, same idea as the Ewoks is kind of like more primitive society yeah. fighting up against, you know, modern technology. Yeah. And they like live in nature and with yeah. nature, right? Yeah. Although I don't think the Gungans are portrayed necessarily in a noble light, but I mean, they are. They're, but they they're, have they're still like sand. innocent. Yeah. You know what I mean? They may not be Unsullied like. By yeah, exactly. Yeah. But again, like if you look at their technology, like they live in underwater cities with. No, very, I know. Yeah. yeah. But even their technology still appears. Yeah. Like a they lot use spears primitive. and yeah. they have shields and. Yeah, I, again, I like it's not as heavy-handed as say like cyberpunk, where like you know, yeah. you have very or or like the Terminator franchise, or you know, yeah, of ones that are like obviously anti, you know, machine, the Matrix, yeah, um, or like iRobot, yeah, and, stuff like that. and you have the kickoff story of uh, 
um, the droid rebellions, right. which I think has multiple layers to it. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily the droids are evil for uprising. It's almost like under portrayed in like a sympathetic light. Like yeah. they're getting treated like garbage. They're barely considered sentient. And so they rebel. Right. So again, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a firm. Well, there's a, I think uh, Sam and I actually reviewed this. There's a Alan Moore Star Wars comic. Yeah. About, uh, I love Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah. About like AI. And there's like this, this planet of like scrapped droids, but they were all like still functioning and they created their own droid tribe. Yeah. And it almost like anthropomorphized them and made them very human and like made you feel for them. Yeah. It wasn't a very long story, but it was very <laughs> thought provoking and interesting. Uh, you know, and they were kind of left in the, they're the bottom of society, almost how you would view uh, like a, a human society, the dregs of society, those on the outskirts. Outcasts. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, there's all sorts of different interpretations, probably depending on the writer, but uh, I, I, sometimes get that sense but again it's not anything like very overt and it is sort of reading between the lines but yeah anyways yeah um i just kind of wanted to zero in for a second on the trade federation who more than anyone at least get the most screen time as like big bads at least in the prequels um and just because I read a news article, I, I really try to avoid writing things like this because I kind of want our episodes to be timeless. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, kind of in terms of like uh, an interesting article I read recently. Um, but the the Trade Federation um, actually have a member representative in the Senate. And I'm sure other corporations too. It's just the Trade Federation is so big at that point and so powerful that they have their, their representatives in the Senate. And a lot of people like to like associate that with like, again, like you said, American real world politics or like mega corporations have lobbying groups and like politicians in their back pockets and things, but they haven't gone so far as to like actually have like Monsanto's representative and Nestle's representative and Disney's corporate representative. Yeah, like in Congress. Passing or, yeah. laws <laughs> in Congress. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least not yet. <laughs> um, but I have recently seen articles where people are advocating for large corporations like Amazon and Apple who have like more of an international impact having representation at the UN UN General Assembly, which is interesting and horrifying all at the <laughs> yeah. same time. Kind of a very scary thought. Yeah. Especially if like I feel like both the left and the right would be so horrified, <laughs> horrified at this. Because it's yeah. like giant multinational corporations with a globalist institution yeah. is like <laughs> the merger this of hybrid of <laughs> everything of wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me think it's more likely to happen. <laughs> yes, most likely. So, yeah. But uh, it was just an interesting thought I had while doing some research on the Trade Federation that like they actually have representatives in the Senate. And yeah. they're, they're even like shouting down, they're like blockading Naboo <laughs> and they're like silencing them. They're like, that's not true. Those are lies yeah. in the Senate yeah. with their Senate members, right? Yeah, it is. It is kind of a like crazy idea, and then, but also you think in Star Wars, like these corporations are so huge, they probably like represent more people than subplanets do, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and also you have to think. It, I'm again. This is just me pontificating, but you have to think in the terms of like an intergalactic society. Many people may not actually like live on a planet. Probably many yeah, of them live of space on, yeah, space, and... on spaceships, on space stations, 
or they travel from planet to planet. They don't really have like a home. So like they're, they're more, what are they citizens of? Yeah. They may even feel more, they may identify more with the corporation <laughs> that, that they work them, for yeah. than the, than the actual, any kind of nation state, right. Yeah. Or a planetary state, I suppose. So I, I think it, it is sort of an interesting thing and maybe it would make more sense in like a, galaxy spanning society i don't know but yeah. you know uh it definitely still is a horrifying thought. <laughs> an interesting and horrifying thought <laughs> oh, oh god <laughs> please don't let disney <laughs> have their own they're gonna shut us down so hard <laughs> we need to stop this <laughs> a disney member of congress yeah. is, uh, <laughs> they will out. force us to watch <laughs> the last jedi in school <laughs> Because they're paying for your schools. That's why. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of a one more quick note too on the Trade Federation. Interestingly enough, and kind of like goes against the anti-corporate bent and has almost some redeeming qualities, I guess. And I, that's why I say it depends on the author who's writing a particular story. But uh, yeah, when, when the Trade Federation does get nationalized uh, by the Empire, there is a holdout. And obviously for you know their own personal reasons, you know, profit not wanting to be controlled by an outside entity whatever it is fight back against the empire the empire does steamroller them but the fragments of the trade federation end up joining the rebel alliance to restore the republic yeah so they weren't all bad yeah, <laughs> so. yeah it, it's you know uh what's that what's that term something something makes strange bedfellows like i can't remember what the yeah term. i don't know the exact that, quote yeah the but, quote yeah <laughs> Something the enemy of my enemy is my friend also. Yeah, <laughs> similar idea. Yeah. Um, and, uh, one more one more note uh, before I go see the CSA about our uh, papers. Um, the uh, <clears throat> Zerka Corporation. Oh, where was I here? Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, and it was hard to find anything substantive about this, but there's a claim that the name Zerka Arms is a real-life nod to uh, a Czech arms manufacturer named Seska uh, Bro- Brojavik, Brojavka, <laughs> or CZ. For or short. something close enough. <laughs> yeah, which apparently makes like um, like a lot of Glocks and stuff like that. Okay, someone yeah. had a personal bone to pick because yeah. Zirka's <laughs> not portrayed in a nice light at all. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were like really bad in the bosnian war or something like that yeah. <laughs> one of the writers is like i'm getting back yeah. At that. <laughs> yeah anyways uh i just thought i'd, I'd throw the a little deep cut uh if anyone wants to look into that anyways uh with that being said we are approved for takeoff to go and uh trade our wares in the corporate sector see you later <laughs> <laughs>